Hello. All right. <laughs> warm up hello. Oh, no, that's staying. <laughs> oh, no. Hello. <laughs> hello and welcome to another episode of Fantasy Book of the Month. Today, we're going to be leaving genre behind. So long, genre. And we're talking about books that were released the year we were born. Which was uh, super fun for me because 1979, the year I was born, it's full of amazing books. So I really got my choice of, of winners. I don't know how the rest of you did, but I did great. <laughs> 1979 is also full of amazing people. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I hope you're talking about me. <laughs> I, I was. I don't, I don't think I know anyone else from that year. That was a very wholesome joke, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Um, like today, you. Okay? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> hey, Nick, stay wholesome, Nick. <laughs> That's right. This is a very, very wholesome podcast. Yes. And on it, I have with me Katie. That's me. The most wholesomest ever. Mm -hmm, believable. <laughs> and also, <laughs> Peter. Hi, I am the least wholesome. And uh, the the baby bear of the bunch, Nick Evangelista. Welcome. Howdy, howdy. Your baby bear. Just right. Wait. <laughs> well, who are you? I'm the best. He, he's Goldilocks. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, I'm here to my. break down your door and eat all your wholesomeness for lunch. <laughs> uh, representing the best year, 1979. That's what I should have had you do: is say what year you were born. Katie, what year were you born? 1994, same year as the 1994 TV show Gargoyles. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. You were born in the year that I entered high school. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Nick, where were you born? Um, I was born in 1995. All right. Still. You know, I, I loathe this Katie calling me a baby thing. No, you're <laughs> definitely a baby. <laughs> With an awesome beard. Thank you. Yeah, Michaela right. I, I was, is pretty cool. I was born. Wow. 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 That is such a. Holy shit. I'm sorry. Was that not wholesome for you? That was multifaceted. That had layers. That was a whole something. Oh my God. I'm going to die. That joke was a fucking oh. onion. Wow. <laughs> Peter, follow that up with how old are you? Oh, oh, I was born in 2009. I'm 12. <laughs> I knew it all along. Yeah, yeah. Surprise! I'm an underage boy. How old is the ghost that possesses you? Oh, oh, the, the evil spirit that lives in my in my bones. Yes. Uh, that was born in 1982. All right. That's a respectable year. Much more than these... Brats from the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> apparently it was a good year for for some vineyards. I have a friend oh. whose father bought a case of of wine from a favorite vineyard uh, the year he was born, nineteen eighty two, and uh, you know to give to him when he was of age. And apparently, it's a really you know, just a sought after year. The father bought uh, also you know did the same thing for his younger brother. A year or two later, and that year was just forgettable. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. 
So how did you guys do with your years? Was it easy? Was it hard to find a book? I mean, there are lots of books. <laughs> there are. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't recognize most of the book titles I came mm -hmm. across. Um, and I mean, Rachel, ultimately, uh, who is, I think, off fighting like uh, space pirates is what I was told. Yeah, and eating mushrooms and something. It was a really garbled text message. I. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you're on the outer edge of the galaxy. It's a good point. Fighting space pirates or whatever she wanted us to say. <laughs> uh, yes, no, our heroic Rachel is not with us. She's she's battling space pirates. Is that space pirate space pirates of space. Goddamn space hook and his swarthy <laughs> gang of ne'er do wells. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, yeah, she is our she's our 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 youngest host hostess with the mostest guys please make me stop saying words yeah stop talking dan <laughs> no you're doing fine keep going you're doing great i mean keep great. talking dan um yeah she picked a book for me and uh i ultimately went with it just because you know i didn't recognize anything else and uh this book was fairly critically acclaimed i think so yeah. And yeah. So wait, are we are we going through our books now? Or are we just saying if we no, thought we got about did... your year? How, how was your choice, Peter? Did you have a full selection? Was it hard? Was there an obvious one? I, I, I found a few and a couple of them I'd, I, I know very well. And I thought it would be a little cheap to just choose a book that I've read before because I've done that many times on this show. <laughs> and uh I mean, I did choose a book that I'd read before, but I'd only read it once. Oh, well, I chose the lowest of low-hanging fruit here, so. Okay, well, tisk tisk. <laughs> uh, how about you, Katie? What was your book choice like? Um, it wasn't really that hard because, well, I went through a list and I was like, oh, this doesn't seem too bad. This doesn't blah, blah, blah. But I already had one of the books and I had it for a few years because it's, the beginning of a big series that people talk about all the time on the internet. And I just never got around to it. And it just happened to start in my birth year. So I read it. Hmm. Did it feel, did you guys all feel like your books were old? Like I, the one I picked is a pretty much a classic. So it's hard to say that it feels old because people read it all the time. But uh, I know mine felt very like, traditional fantasy where boy goes off on adventure and learns new big world things. So it certainly didn't feel modern. No, it, it followed the recipe to the letter. <laughs> yeah, mine had some of that, but it also, um, it also didn't feel like it was written 40 years ago. Um, you know, it, it had it, the 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 flow and the 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 word choice and writing felt more modern than that. So, yeah, I guess like uh, it didn't feel super old to me necessarily, but like Katie said, it it was very much like standard fantasy followed the formula as well. I don't know fantasy. I feel like though there is sort of like a setting that comes to mind with traditional fantasy. And it's almost sort of timeless mm. if you read a lot of fantasy. You yeah. Know? 
you know, I, 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 yeah, I thought it was um, read just as well now as it would have then. All right, well, let's get into it. Anybody want to go first? Any volunteers? Sure. Take it away, Peter. I will take it away and be careful because I won't give it back. Uh, <laughs> well, it's going to be a short episode. <laughs> uh, I read Magician by Raymond E. Feist. Let me double check that middle initial. Yep, E. So, um, Magician uh, was published in 1982. You don't find it as Magician anymore. Nowadays, you find it separate two books, Magician Apprentice and Magician Master, uh, which is how I originally read them, I don't know, four or five years ago or something like that, when I discovered in the course of researching for this podcast that um that magician the original was released as one volume and came out the year i was born i decided i had to read the two books together to get the feel of the original release um like i said the the books pleasantly surprised me at first in in the, the writing style and the flow of the narrative, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like old fantasy to me. It didn't feel like Paul Anderson, uh, you know, writing about the the magic swords, or it definitely doesn't feel like Tolkien. Um, and I'm blanking because those are the only old old fantasy names that come to mind at the moment. Um, the the books follow a very traditional uh in fantasy young lad in a medieval uh, sort of kingdom where he lives in uh you know in a duke's keep and he and he works in the kitchens and whatnot and you know like other young lads has ambition of you know becoming a soldier and becoming a hero and all that heroic tripe. Um, and there's, you know, there's sort of contrived plot stuff where he ends up uh, in a position to uh, save the, the, the princess of the keep uh, and becomes ennobled um and he is uh apprenticed to the the keep wizard or magician uh just you know very kind of normal stuff not terribly surprising or i want to say original but this is 40 years ago and i don't i don't know for sure how much it had been done at the time probably some considering how kind of fond of fundamental this seems and uh, the first book of the two that I read is a lot, it was a lot of fun. It follows the main character who has the, just a very amusing name of Pug. Aww. Um, yeah, it follows him uh, as he follows 
the magician that he's apprenticed to who is traveling with the duke as they travel across the kingdom to try to uh, find, not find, as they, they try to raise the alarm about what appear to be invaders from another dimension, uh, humans from another another world who seem to be showing up in their territory and scouting and, you know, it seemed to be the advance of a, an upcoming invasion. And, uh, yeah. And the, the, their travel kind of highlights some of the, the, mm, the hostile politics and, and uh, challenges of the realm that they are a part of. And, in the end, they, you know, go to war. They 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 join battle and go to war. Uh, not not as well supported by the kingdom as they would like to be, and and the, and that's let's see. And the book ends shortly after. Uh, Pug helps the you know participates in a like a scouting mission to. What was it? It was something like you discover something about the the portal that the invaders are using and gets knocked out. And that's the last we hear of him for that book. Um, did, did it feel like it was like a natural stopping point or did mm, they really kind of break it off? That's a good question, because, I mean, obviously it wasn't published that way in the first. I would say. I would say they broke it off as well as they could. It's not, it's not, it doesn't feel complete, but it also feels like a decent spot for an intermission. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when you pick up the second book, we find out a whole bunch of weird stuff. Um, first of all, the, the main we don't fall in with the main character immediately. We spend a lot, lot of time following other characters. Uh, we follow his his close friend from childhood, uh, Tomas, uh, who has not only become a soldier, but has been possessed by a magical suit of armor and sword that belonged to the last of the precursor race that enslaved the elves before humans existed or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. It's very strange. Um, Is any of that relevant? (laughs) I mean, I mean, or just a fun fact. (laughs) I mean, could the story have happened without it? Yes, but we wouldn't like, we just wouldn't have had it had, Tomas's story in there, right? He, he. Oh, so kind his of, backstory of like how he acquired that. Yeah, we 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 did see that he met a, a he and a dwarf met a dragon mm-hmm, great. as it was dying, and the dragon was like, "A wizard told me that I was going to die, and, t- and gave me these things to give to the people." <laughs> Who were die? Who were here when I died? And here they are. 
That was that's the best dragon voice ever, guys. That's pretty much Just how I the run best. All my D and D campaigns is like you showed up. Here's some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I I definitely did run D and D campaigns like that when I was twelve. Um, Oh man. I, oh, man, I I just I remember just flipping through the Dungeon Master's Guide and saying like, "This thing is really cool." Now you have this thing, isn't that cool? Anyway, um, <laughs> but like this, you know, Tomas like starts like ex- absorbing the personality of this long dead uh, pseudo god, like whoever this cre- this person was, and uh, and like ends up having a romantic relationship with the elf queen and nice. as you do as you do and the book also goes over and follows like the the duke like the the duke i think uh, yeah the duke and his son and and a a, a, a ranger named martin and like it follows a bunch of characters as they do, you know, heroic stuff that they need to do in order to, f- you know, fight the invasion that's been ongoing for years now at this point in the book because it it moves the book moves forward like five years, mm-hmm. um, and then it like it it does it sets a bunch of stuff and then we finally get to see Pug again, and Pug has been a slave in the invaders world for four years and then gets uh, and then a magician comes by and is like oh you have magic talent we're gonna take you to the our magic school instead where apparently they like blank out people's memories while they train them so they can't remember any of their past and it's very weird. It's it's pretty inventive and interesting, but it's very weird. And they also brainwash magicians with like the greater good of the empire as their highest goal. Um so by the time Pug comes out of this, he's like okay, like I've successfully become a ma- master magician which grants me great authority here, but I also I my you know but I also believe in the greater good of the empire. It's a very strange, also that the whole alternate universe or adjacent, whatever other world is a like pseudo Japan. Um, although some of the naming conventions sounded um, Nahuatl, like, uh, you know, kind of Mexican Aztecan sort of thing. And that was interesting. I think there wasn't a lot of, detail to go on that because especially because in general it's overwhelmingly like pseudo japan um you know so that was weird yeah yeah it's you you read this before and i mean so it sounds like you're you know nostalgic somewhat for this material i wouldn't call it nostalgia i would say the first book i really enjoyed so basically, these so the book Magician, the original, and so in in a way, these two books now broken up, um, uh, spawned or started or whatever a a series that Feist kept writing called the Rift War series, um, 
obviously because people are traveling through dimensional rifts and fighting and stuff. Um, and when I finished the first book, I thought to myself, huh, like that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this journey. And I remembered some of what came in the next book. I remembered Pug's slavery and his transition to magician training and then magicianhood. But, uh, but I got to the end of the first book and I said to myself, well, that's funny. This is, this was a lot of fun. Why didn't I keep reading the Rift War books? Hmm. <laughs> well, the second book is the answer. Oh, no. <laughs> um, the second book, raise your hand verbally if you've read The Wheel of Time. Raise yes. your hand verbally. Yeah. I'm verbally raising my hand. Good, good. Dan, Nick? Yes. Yeah. It is on my Okay, it's on your pile. list. So, so Nick won't get this, but the other two of you will. All the parts of the second book that weren't about Pug felt like those sections in the middle of the Wheel of Time when you're reading a Perrin chapter and you really just want to be reading a Matt chapter. Oh, see, <laughs> this is like Game of Thrones book four when all of a sudden none oh. of the characters that you've been reading for the past three books are there. Yeah, where you have to oh read book five for those characters to reappear yeah. or whatever. Book four was horrendous. So, yeah. so yes, it's 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 like that. It's I'm reading a lot of stuff, and I guess it's fine. Although it's also kind of boring and frustrating. Where's Pug? <laughs> and then you would get a bit of Pug and be like, "Yeah, I have the juice to keep going." And then you know, next chapter on. Oh, it's 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 Martin again. Or oh, who cares about Martin? Oh, Tomas. Yeah. Okay. Tomas gets to talk. Of, we get to we get to hear more about Tomas's inner struggle to re remain retain control and not be overwhelmed by the whatever this precursor guy is who wants to and him doing the dirty with Elf Queen. Like, okay, that's fine. Where's Pug? Um, <laughs> so, you know, like that. The second book reminded me why I haven't read other rift war books mm -hmm. um and i mean i guess that's a summary the the last like the last thing that's really worth noting um with that i mean like there's some stuff that i could you know i could say that would spoil plot and whatnot but but there's like a bunch of politicking and most of it is very boring um but uh the last note which which really is just not in its favor is that there are there are three women characters and i i hesitate to call them characters mm. they are each uh stereotypes like first we meet the 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 duke's daughter the princess and she is you know first she's you know like haughty and arrogant and very much like oh the girl expects you to say what she wants you to say. And when she doesn't, when you don't, she gets super upset. Nah. And then, you know, after the book has advanced in time by five or 10 years, you know, she's matured and we're all supposed to admire that she's matured and that's fine. And, uh, pug get married, gets married in the other world. And, you know, to, to a, a woman, who, you know, is, I guess she's nice. He thinks she's pretty and she likes him. And then they 
partner up when they're slaves. And then when he comes back as a magician, he's like, um, I'm taking you away from this. And she's like, you have a kid and I've been faithful to you. And that's all like, okay, cool. And then there's another princess that we met as a young girl who was like, I'm probably going to have to marry that prince who's 10 years older than me. And I just wanted to get a look at him. And then we see her 10 years later and she's like, I'm a mature woman and I know it's my duty to marry this prince and I'm sweet and, and stuff. And whereas the prince is off, you know, having a complex in her life. Um, I guess there's also an elf queen. She had a little bit more. I didn't think of that when I was writing my notes. She had a little bit more complexity um, in that, you know, she goes through all this thought process about my people, the elves were enslaved by the person who is now inhabiting this human's body and has become my lover. Oh, and nice. And that's, you know, that's complicated and weird. Um, <laughs> and so there's a little more complexity there. Armor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just, no, I mean, like, that was a little more interesting. But, like, women characters are very sparse on the ground in this book. And when they show up, like I said, they're barely characters. So, um, yeah. <laughs> What's your I final mean, verdict, Peter? What my final verdict? Yeah. You know, Recom eh? recommend, don't recommend. Eh? Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh the book you you gave me to read last year. Yeah. Uh which the name of it escapes me. I don't even remember what we're what did I give you? Uh, oh, the rep magic of recluse. Yes, the magic of recluse. Did a much better job of kind of the plot you're laying out to some extent. Kind of ordering chaos and magic and yeah, it had, it had actual women with opinions and, and characters. Yeah, Mo Ellie oh, Modessa have opinions. Oh, oh no, that's how I just, prefer them. No, they're supposed to just marry who they're told and shut up and wash dishes. Oh no, no, not these women. These women are all princesses. Oh um, right. Um, and so yeah, do needlework or something. I don't that sounds that. right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe ride horses, side saddle. They did. Mm, one of them did specifically mm, yes. ride side saddle. I've and heard that's like, a good technique. Oh, Have you? <laughs> no. Have you heard that? I've never heard anything good about side saddle. It just looks painful. I mean, I think it's actually general. bad for your back. It has to be. I mean, a lot of things are bad for my back, but some of them I do the anyway, good, if you know what I mean. All the good things are bad for yeah. my Oh my back. goodness. <laughs> you guys. They're talking okay. about what, like, re like reading hunched up with your shoulders tucked in. And... <laughs> yes. I am going to comment now before, before relinquishing the floor <laughs> that, that, that we've all seemed to have changed our profile names in Discord <laughs> to variations on the word sex. Well, who started it, Peter? Yeah, it was Peter. I. It was <laughs> I who started it. Um, but what I'm really disappointed by, Nick, is that you labeled yourself sex novice and not sex apprentice, which would have been perfect oh, to the the book Nick. combination that I'm talking about now. Hang you on have brand, buddy. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I, actually, my book also has the word apprentice in the title, so. Oh, man. Well, in that right. case, that sounds like a masterful segue. So I read Magician Apprentice <laughs> and Magician Master 
the the broken up uh, editions of Magician by Raymond E. Feist. Or is that Raymond E. Feist? The most Raymond E. Feist. The Raymondist Feist. <laughs> the Feistist. <laughs> All right, Nick. Now that we've obliterated the segue, <laughs> what, what is... Uh, what did you read? Uh, I read the 1995 book Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb. Oh. oh. Yeah, we're going to Oh. Oh. <laughs> and uh, full disclosure, uh, I am about 80% of the way done. <gasps> God damn cool. it. Do your homework. That just, that just means we're all safe from you spoiling the ending, you spoil True. master. That's right. Um, yeah, so... Um, this book is, uh, without like just going into just the summary of it, it's, it's about, um, the bastard of a prince who, um, his, his father was actually like directly in line for the throne and had to abdicate because he had a bastard and his actual wife was barren and unable to have children. So the only child he actually had was a bastard and... Uh, so, so he completely abdicates the throne, um, and the main character, Fitz, um, never meets his father. His father ends up dying partway through the book, and he, he never, never got a chance to meet him. And, um, it just recounts, it's a trilogy, um, and this one so far is really just, like, his young childhood, and... As much as it's called the Assassin's Apprentice, he is only like with the assassin like I feel like t- ten or twenty percent of the time, and e- he's just he's like basically the stable boy or the stableman's apprentice. He is um he's writing what's it called scribe. He's like a scribe's apprentice for a while. He's um being taught by his late father's wife. At one point, she comes back and feels guilty and wants to like teach him and raise him. So he's, like, learning lessons from her, and then he spends some time learning how to use this magical ability called the skill. And, um, he, so he spends a lot of time, like, being apprenticed there. He really doesn't spend a lot of time with the assassin, and when he does, they don't really talk about, you know, being an assassin very much in the book. It's actually more just, like, he spends time with this old man who is an assassin, and they just talk about, like, a lot of the good times he had. Because... Everybody that this kid interacts with is so shitty to him. Every fucking person. This is like one of the saddest, most horrible childhoods I've ever read in a book. And like when you think about these, the way a lot of these fantasy books are, they often start out with like a young boy who has like a tough childhood and grows up to be a great person or whatever. I mean, fucking everybody hates him. The one guy who raises him (laughs) most of his life is a stable master. And, um,. He's the only person who seems to sort of care about the boy. He's still kind of abusive. And uh, he develops... So there's two types of powers in this, two magics, the skill and the wit. The skill Mm -hmm. is, as I understand it, something to do with being able to, like, penetrate another person's mind and, like, influence them. The wit is the ability to, like, sort of mind-to-mind create a bond and communication with animals. Um, So... Fitz has the wit, and he very, very early in his life bonds with a dog, and 
um, the stable master basically says, like, if you have the wit, you like, it's wrong. You shouldn't use it. You become more of a beast than a man, and I will not condone it. And he takes the dog and presumably kills it, so he can't have this bond. Uh, warning, by the way, so far in this book, two dogs have been murdered. Two puppies have been killed. Okay, I'm never yeah, reading that book that. then. Yeah. Fuck it's that. like the first time I was like, wow, that's a really rough way to start a book. And then they did it again. And I was like, really? Uh, it's it's rough. Ah. Every chapter, just every chapter starts with a dog murder. <laughs> yeah, a new, a new puppy killed. That's horrible. I mean, it's um, not as, like Jojo or anything, but yeah, it's pretty bad. I yeah, I remember it. Um, but yeah, basically he, the other princes who, um, after his father like abdicates and then later is killed, um, the other princes, one of them just hates his guts. Um, the guy who's teaching him the skill absolutely fucking hates him and literally like <laughs> obliterate, like beats him to near to death constantly. It's just like absolutely abusing him. It's just, this kid is the worst life in the fucking world. And the assassin that he spends time with is just, like, this old, nice man. And they spend time, like, cleaning and feeding, like, a ferret or something. And just talking. Like, they do go out and do some, like, missions and stuff here and there. But it really seems like he is not what you'd expect from an assassin. And I think this book makes great, or goes to great lengths to kind of be like, this isn't, like, a skulking in the dark and um, throwing daggers at someone or, you know breaking in in the middle of the night this is like very much like subterfuge and like very under the radar poison somebody so they die like a month later kind of thing well that so, sounds cool yeah so it's not like your typical like fighting assassin it's it's a lot more um i guess like a diplomatic kind of politicky um yeah i it's it's uh I mean I'm enjoying it a lot and it's it is the first of a trilogy so I'm sure that a lot more will happen but it is just a little bit jarring reading it just knowing that so little time is actually spent with him being an assassin's apprentice and he's just like a young kid and nothing's really happening like a lot of things are happening to him but in the greater scope of things it feels like not much progress is being made You feel like he doesn't have much agency I mean, he's definitely just, like, told what to do by everybody else and does it, if that's what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Like, I mean, if he doesn't end up applying, like, any of his own judgment to that, then, then yeah, that's, that's pretty low agency. Yeah, I, I did just get to a, a chapter recently called Assassinations, and it's a very long chapter, and he does recount, like, one or two assassinations he he did but they're literally described as like background details like yeah so i spent like a week here and i killed some lord and yeah so then i moved on like that and it's like so right let's not let's not show you the cool stuff right it's i mean it's it's interesting um i guess the the plot the actual like background plot of what's going on in the kingdom that is causing problems is um, there are these uh, raiders in red ships coming in and attacking towns, and they would kidnap people, and the ultimatum they would give is, if you pay us ransom, we will kill them. Otherwise, we will release them. And, it. Yeah, and everybody's oh. like, huh? And then what, they've, what they're doing is they're releasing them uh, to a fate that's almost worse than death. They, they change these people when they release them. 
I thought it might be something like that. Yeah, and they are released, and what they in the book they call it, they've been forged. And basically, they lose all semblance of humanity and self. They just like become like they're not like zombies per se, because they can still speak, but they're down to their base urges of just like anything they see, they just want it and they'll steal it and they'll kill to get it. And it's just like mm. pure, like empty, like greed, no empathy, right. no all their, all their inhibitions have been shaved away. Right. Right. And so this is like the greater problem occurring in the kingdom now. And um, it's just like oh. full of these like sort of zombie like people just and and people don't want like to kill their own family members. So they just kind of keep them in their household, even though they're a horrible nuisance and causing all this trouble. And in some cases, literally killing people. Uh, but they don't know what to do. It's just, you know, so I, I don't know how this plot is being resolved at the moment. He doesn't seem like the main character can do anything about it at all. Right. But, I mean, he sent out to like kill some of these forged people, but it's like, you know, he kills like 10 or 12 of them. Like there's like hundreds of them, you know, it's, it's, hmm. it's, I don't know. So I, I think I'm intrigued enough to like continue reading. I definitely think I will finish this trilogy. Um, I, I think it's well written. It's interesting. I am, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious about the world. There's a character, the King's Fool comes up a lot and he sort of, he talks to the kid and nobody else has ever really heard the Fool talk. So there's That's something cool. special about him and about the Fool and it's, there's, I'm intrigued, you know, but. The Fool is an animal. <laughs> they actually kind of describe him that way they say he is not he doesn't seem human like literally they think he's like descended from like another race of people that are not quite human huh i've, so. I've always assumed that brandon sanderson's wit character the yeah. character that kind of weaves through the cosmere is based on that that fool and also like obviously his name is wit so it's yeah sort of like a direct call out i i think so i could see like definitely a lot of comparisons there so a so. question for you, Nick. Um, have you read uh, The Way of Shadows by Brent Weeks? Uh, so, no, I actually read his other series, the Lightbringer series. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I have The Way of Shadows. I have not. I, I, I did start it. I did start it. I got, like, halfway through the first book, I believe. Okay. But you, you didn't keep on with it, huh? Uh, I don't believe so. It's just I was interested. It's interesting because while you were talking about assass, is it Assassin's Apprentice? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I'm. I was reminded of it because the Way of Shadows has, you know, a, a young kid in dire circumstances living on the street. Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. um, who ends up apprenticed to an assassin who, you know, trains him in unorthodox ways and has, uh, what do you call it? Uh, and, 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 <clears throat> and they have, uh, something that they call talent, the talent mm -hmm, mm -hmm. instead of the skill or the wit. And I just like made me think, Oh my gosh, like just, Spare me all these authors who want to just capitalize some basic noun and make it your form of magic. Right. You know, I'm starting to second guess myself now because I'm actually starting to think that maybe I did finish that series and it just like 
didn't stick with me. Yeah, but I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm actually thinking about it again. And I'm like, no, I definitely finished at least the first book of that one because I remember like sort of how it ends. Like he gets revenge on like the bully guy. Yeah, or something. I don't know. Uh, you know, but yeah, it, yeah, there was some element of late. I don't know if it's laziness. I'm not sure how I feel about it with naming things in this book. I, I, I'm not sure it's laziness, but it's definitely. So all so maybe of the ro- a little too on the nose, maybe. Well, all of the royals by tradition in this kingdom are named things like shrewd, chivalry, regal, mm. you know, uh, uh, one is named uh, patience, you know, mm-hmm. virtue names. That's right. That's, exactly. That's cool. I, I, I kind of like it. I also kind of feel like. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I like it. As, um, Obligatory. Obligatory. No, 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 no. Sorry, no. Um, Your name is obligation. No. Um, if Rachel were here, she would say, um, that there is a whole kingdom area thing in the Cradle series that is like that, where the the main girl from there that we get introduced to, her name is Mercy. Her mother's name is Malice. Um, they all have virtue names too. But who names their kid Malice? Uh, anyway, so I, I find naming <laughs> conventions interesting, um, particularly when they denote, you know, like position or or culture or rank. And so, like, uh, the idea that, you know, everyone in the royal family gets a virtue name, I find that interesting. Um, that feel like maybe maybe reading the book, I'll feel differently, but um, uh, it you know it feels like compelling world building to me. So, yeah, I I think it might have just like also caught me off guard because I wasn't at, at first I wasn't sure if it was just like the author just being fanciful or if that were actually their names, right. and it wasn't it wasn't explained until later. So it might have just given me like a bad taste right off the bat, and yeah, like well, co- colored yeah. my perception of it later. But yeah, so all right, so you've you've enjoyed it. You think you're gonna go on read the others? I think I will. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a trilogy. It's not too much of a commitment and it's, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's well-written. It's very fun. She, she has, um, it looks like three trilogies Mm. in this world, which is, I, I I always like that kind of thing where it's like, you can kind of, uh, you don't have to commit to nine books necessarily, Mm -hmm. but right. So yeah, I think it's worth, worth a read. Yeah. It's like, it's like Mercedes lackey and her, Mm -hmm. you know, like, dozen different trilogies or something right. like that. All right. So this was Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb. Yeah. It's the first book of the Farseer trilogy. Farseer. Huh. Cool. Well, let's grab the camera, shake it by the neck. And oh then my. turn it around and focus on Katie. Katie. So I, I was behind Nick. No, oh, we're, uh, you're facing you're, each other. You're behind oh, yeah. the camera. Okay, okay, of course, of course, yeah. I've yeah. grabbed the camera from your from your sweaty hands and Ew. swung it around to focus on you. Do you not know where you are spatially to me? I mean, I... <laughs> you know, you're right in I, front of me. Yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, that that is how I define myself at all times. I am always aware <laughs> of where I am relative to Nick. <laughs> 
my goodness. Uh, 40,000 right. paces west. That's right. And, <laughs> and, you know, and about 30, you know, 30 degrees ahead of to his left. Uh-huh. Okay, well, I'm probably only then about 20,000 paces. Anyway, um, thanks for that. No problem. So, the book I read was Wizard's First Rule by Terry Goodkind, or Goodkind, uncertain. Mm. Yep, see, (laughs) yeah, I remembered why I kept seeing it on the internet. Because they talked about how bad it was. Because it didn't follow, it doesn't follow the recipe to the letter, like I said. Because I forgot about the dominatrix in, like, the last 10% of the book or whatever. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, not just a dominatrix, but a magical one. Yeah. And she has, like, this taser thing that she uses on him and she... Puts it in her mouth and then they kiss and have sex with it. I don't understand exactly, but yeah, it's pretty fucked. That book is like that. That whole series is very uh, BDSM. Well, but also like uh, some people really love it, and some people have seen the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and it is not great. I think I read five of those books, and there's like. 20 or something. I think I read three before I stopped, but I could be wrong. You guys read that many of them before you stopped? Oh, listen. I don't know. We'll let Katie talk and then we can come back to how fucking buck wild that series gets. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, um, So it starts off with this kid named Richard. I'm assuming he's a kid. They never actually specify how old he is. But Hmm. he has his own house out of his his dad's house. So he's, he's on his own. Um, He's somebody's child. Yes, but then his dad is brutally murdered before the book even happens, which I thought was kind of a weird choice. Um, So then, brutally murdered sounds so uh, annoying. Well, like you know, if you're gonna have a brutal murder scene, you can at least like show me the brutal murder instead of just being like. And Richard was sad because his father was brutally murdered but a fortnight ago or some shit. And it's yeah, just like... Do a Batman. Put it on Front right. Street. You know? <laughs> yeah. Brutally murdered by a group of brutals. <laughs> that does sound very sort of true. <laughs> and Richard was brooding about it. Yes. And okay. it had been bruited about. I'm done. I'm out Are of you sure? Um, yep. Okay. So he saves this girl from being, like, attacked by these four men in the forest because he's a foresty guy. Mm. And so he just decides to save her. And and then she's all like, I'm from the magical side of the world. And I need to find a wizard. And he's like, well, I don't know any wizards, but I know this old guy who's really cool. And guess what? The old guy who's really cool happened to be the wizard. Shit, what? Yeah. Um, Fuck. So then Richard is like given a magic sword and sent on a quest with the girl. And they have to stop the evil guy who turns out to have killed his dad. And the evil guy's name is Darken Rall. 
And his, mm-hmm. okay, I really hated his dad's name because it was pa- Panis, P-A-N-I-S. <laughs> but every fucking time I read it, I was like, penis roll. Penis. Penis His name's roll. Penis. <laughs> his name's Penis, everybody. Oh, my God. It was a very wow. terrible name choice. And then his kid, the evil guy's name is Darkin. Mm-hmm. And then the good guy's name is Dick. Yes. Good dick and bad penis. Penis. There's, penis. There's almost no way that was not intentional also. I didn't even actually think about that until right now. So thanks, Peter. <laughs> um, penis. So yeah, then Richard goes across to the mystical land, which was separated by this magical boundary that kept magic out of Richard's side and uh magic stuff things go wrong things <laughs> go right but mostly wrong and Richard has this weird ability to just like guess things how they would happen and lo and behold he is correct without mm. like without any real understanding or like no reason as to why it would be the way it is like one part in the beginning is like well if you put up more clouds around the cloud that's following me then if there's so many clouds then the magic tethering it to me would be dissipated and then the wizard is all like by jove you've got it and it's like how the fuck does that make sense that is no like (laughs) Cohesion. It doesn't. I don't understand. There is no cohesion. You're correctly perceiving the book. Isn't isn't the wizard's first rule something like confidence makes magic or something like that? No, the wizard's first rule is people are stupid. Oh, okay. People are stupid is the wizard's first rule. That's a great first rule. There should literally be a picture of the author giving his audience the middle finger uh, at the front of the book. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, and the back. Peons cannot understand the book that I've written, The Majesty. <laughs> yeah, well, I certainly, it was, it was all right for the most part. You know, it kind of followed, it followed the recipe, like I've been saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then Richard gets captured by a, sadist dominatrix woman yeah and and she's and he's so he's like in dark and Rawls palace and he has to go and do like daily meditations and pray towards dark and Rawl or something and he's doing all this and he's like within the same building as the big bad and he can't even do anything about it because he's too busy having said hi griff you're hungry (laughs) okay well um, you can go have a granola bar hey that was a great time to walk in oh my god perfect i love it so much (sighs) oh man yeah you want you want me to have the talk with your boy Oh, okay. Sometimes when a man and a woman love each other or hate each other very much, they take yeah. magic electricity prongs and stick them at each other while they do things. Oh, my God. 
Do you gotta go? Do you gotta step away, Katie? No, I'm good. He knows okay. how to get the granola bars. Okay. <laughs> oh, that kid. Yeah. I gotta say, his timing is always oh, terrible. God. No, impeccable. That was perfect. Amazing. No. Yeah. If I'm okay, when I was watching Bridgerton like four times in a row downstairs, he would come down every time there was a sex scene going Wait, on. Do you mean he walked in four times in a row, or do you mean you've watched Bridgerton four times in a row? I've watched it four times. <laughs> I was really, I thought that was the funny joke answer, and you just <laughs> said that was the real answer. No, it's really good, and I might watch it again. Oh my god. Well, I mean, she has to get some alone time with those sex scenes. It's true. Well, I can't because Griffin keeps walking in <laughs> every he, time. he has impeccable timing. He, he, sure, we'll call it that. But oh my god, this kid! <laughs> and like, and I always have to just turn it off because if I pause it, you know, there's just a big image. Yeah, then no, there's yeah, there's a big <laughs> a big fleshy blob on the TV. Oh goodness, it was <laughs> that kid. I swear. Okay, well, incredible. Yep, perfect. So you were you were telling us about the the um the sadism sex. Yes. Um but I mean then... sex Griffin. <laughs> yeah. That kid's such a ruiner, I tell ya. Um oh my god. <laughs> so he's too busy like being raped, basically. And until he I've... likes it. Like yeah, until is, right? isn't aren't there like I don't know three or four like rape scenes in that book? I believe I think there were there was Richard, you know, and his BDSM moments. Um, Colin, Co Colin, Colin, the girl, she was oh, almost yeah. once towards the end. Um, and I think there was a. Oh no no, because there's Dark and Rawls henchman Demoness. Um like, de like Demoness. You know what? Kind of. Damn hmm. it, quit ruining names for me. Um <laughs> he he likes little boys. Like a lot. That's not cool. These books suck. This sucks yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, he actually one of the kids from a town that Richard and Colin are helping out in gets kidnapped. And of course, they're like really close to the kid because they're staying with his family. And then Dark and Raw is like, oh, I'll take him as a gift for a friend of mine. And it's just like, okay, yeah. let's not at all ever. No, yeah. it's bad. It's pretty bad. The, and, and you know, like when you say there's a formula to that book, it for sure is because the next four books, at least, because that's what I read, all follow that same weird formula where it's like, OK, uh, Colin and, and Richard are going to get together and then like the thing happens and they're like, nope, we're going to split up and do separate things. And then Richard goes off to learn a whole new different magic system uh, and sort of bring it back. And they're constantly like. There's the old world and new world. Somehow they break out of the old world and the new world. The new world is also split up into like an old world and a new world. So he's always like expanding, literally expanding the world as they go off. And then his characters are like never together until like the last 30 pages or whatever. There's always a newer world, Dan. Yeah, that was when I stopped. 
was when like it became very clear that like these books had a structure and like he was not ever going to change it. it yeah, really that annoying. sounds really repetitive and obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, as you noted, um, like Richard basically gets to be always right without yeah. a lot of basis in why yeah. he's right or why he should feel right. or And that's just, yeah, man. it it he's very much feels, yeah, he's the man. It very much feels like, um, like the great man theory of history kind of proponent. Like mm -hmm. here's a guy and he is so cool. He gets to have all the impact on everything because he is the cool guy. He's the best guy. And when you, when you learn how much good kind liked Ayn Rand and objectivism, it starts to make more sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. What was the name of that book, Katie? <laughs> Never Read It by Terry Goodkind. <laughs> oh, no, it was Wizard's First Rule. I don't think we actually expanded. Well, we did expand quite a bit, and so did Richard. Wink. Um, <laughs> and how wow. um, <laughs> um, Peter did mention until that he keeps getting raped until he likes it. He does. He like decides, you know what? I do love this girl. And you know what? Because of that, this isn't so bad. And neither is she. And it's really fucked up. Yeah, and he somehow wins her over also and like turns yeah. her to his side. It's very If I remember right, Richard's primary magic is anger. Like Yes. It, he gets magic when he gets mad. And so like at some point the woman dominating him uh he accepts and then reverses on her through this kind of anger magic and then that makes her like him also and so they become like a weird they don't ever become a couple if i remember right but like they're always she, she does take him as her mate and they mate for life yeah they're but... linked magically through their weird acceptance of each other's domination which is also kind of Super Fuck. fucked up. Yeah. Anyway, don't read those books. Don't read anyway, them. Yeah, shit book. Katie, Katie read them for you. Katie has done us all a service. Yep. I am. I'm not going to say I was happy to do it, but I did yeah. it. Where Where right. were you 10 years ago when you could have spared me this misery? <laughs> um, and the them. answer is like 16 or something. So. Yeah, I would have been 16 or 17. Yeah, I was in high so, school. So not not in a good place to read this gross book and, no. and stop me from reading it. No. Honestly, I was too busy like letting her read it. I was too yeah. busy reading like the Hunger Games or some shit. <laughs> Damn. All right. Those those books are great. Those are pretty great books. Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh all right, I'm last. All right, what what ancient novel did you read? Guys, wow. first let me tell you about 1979. <laughs> and the many, many books I had to choose from because there's some positive, some real runners up here. And then you're going to be mad at me for the book I picked. <laughs> uh, so like in uh, 1979, you got The Dead Zone by Stephen King, one of my favorite Stephen King novels, which is the mm. one about the guy who can touch you and see a terrible future uh, after he was in a coma. It was a great movie. Starring, Sounds terrible. Uh, uh, who's the guy in the movie? Uh Christopher Walken. 
Great movie. Uh, We also got Kindred by Octavia Butler, a book I'm ashamed to say I have not read yet, or we'd probably be talking about Kindred. I don't know if we've, I don't think we've reviewed Kindred on the show yet. I don't believe so. That doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, I don't think so either. Octavia. Now that book counts as magical realism. I would say yes, probably. Some people say, I don't know, that there is a, that magic, I don't know. Do we want to get a discussion about magical realism? I really don't, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, oh, I think there was oh, and of course the, the the two big standouts, the ones that almost I almost picked. Number one being Dune, which now Dune mm-hmm. was released in 1965, but they did release all three <laughs> Dune books in a single trilogy binding, which I don't know how that ever fit between two pieces of cardboard <laughs> that much book, but they did release it in 1979. And, uh, I almost <laughs> made you guys listen to me talk about all, th- all of the first three Dune books. In oh one. my but God, we're, not, we're not doing that. I mean, Thank uh, you. <laughs> to be fair, I would be interested in hearing about the third one. Cause I've read the, the first one a couple of times. I try, I, I did read the second one a couple of years ago and it was just like, Oh, but why though? Yeah, why did all Dune, that thing happen? Uh, so if the third is, one or, like brings it back together somehow, I'd be interested. I guess to learn I forget. That, is but... it, Nick, remind me: is uh, Children of Dune is the third one or the second one? I should know this. I feel. I think I Messiah was the second one. Yeah, okay. if that sounds correct. Right, right, right. Because that's when he goes blind and stuff. Yeah. Right. And then uh, the second one is about the kids. That's right. Anyway, uh, but that's not what you read. No, I didn't read that. I also didn't read Benicula. Now, I wanted to. Because <laughs> Benicula rules. Yeah. But it was also, oh. like, very, very short. <laughs> One of my cats is named after the cat from that book. Yeah. Great. If you've never read Benicula, it's, like, a dollar or something on Amazon. Maybe $8. Yes. It's $8 on Amazon. You should buy it. Read it. You'll read it in an afternoon. It's fantastic. It's also from 1979, so it's very old. <laughs> But uh, yes, I love it. No, what I actually read, and why you might be mad at me, is I read some sci-fi. Uh, I read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, that's Douglas fun. Adams. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. I mean, it's uh, n- certainly not the hardest of sci-fi. It's uh, very fun. Have, I, have, we, have you guys all read, or at least are aware of, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yes. Oh, yeah. I am aware of. I have not watched or read any of it. You should watch it. You should read it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> or you should you should read it or listen to the radio play yes. rather than watch it. Agreed. The radio play and or the most recent movie are both excellent. There's also like a BBC miniseries that is fucking hilarious to watch because it's the it's got it's very bad. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so it's the story of uh a gentleman uh, by the name of Arthur Dent, who on the day his house, he's evicted from his house because the English government is going to run a highway bypass through it. Uh, humanity is evicted from Earth as a alien race is going to put a hyperspace bypass through the Earth. And so the story is... Uh, oh, ironic. <laughs> <laughs> the story is Arthur and uh, his buddy... Um, Ford Prefect, 
who is an alien, and they hitchhike their way across the galaxy looking to find a new home and also try and stay out of trouble, which they fail at at every opportunity. <laughs> uh, and they are guided by a book called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is just sort of like a fun kind of meta commentary on all the insanity that they find all around them and kind of offers like fun travel guide explanations for all the places they visit and the people they meet. And um, uh, also is like kind of commentating on the choices they make. Uh, And it's, and it's really great. And I, I did actually reread it for this one and like it holds up really well. Like it's still a really amazingly funny book and, and hilarious and certainly not anything that you should take seriously at all. But uh yeah, it's just it's just great. And and I started reading like more of the series as I went on because I, re- I read it super fast. And uh, yeah, the rest of the series, I don't think holds up as much. But like but this one, the first one is like still just like a classic for a reason. Like it is just like a really great, really funny book. Yeah, I've been thinking about rereading it, and and I think I'll probably go do that when I finish my current book. Now that you've brought it back to the front of my mind, yeah, it's one of those books that like really bucked trends from the time. Like you know, we just talked about kind of you know the older set of uh, fantasy and sci-fi from like the seventies and eighties. They were mean a lot of times, and like you know, male-centric and. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide is certainly still male centric, but you know it has mm. female characters in it that are that you know at least contribute and who have you know lives and opinions and like ultimately you know are like smarter their own agency. Yeah. yeah, agency is a is a great word to use for um, uh, ladies. Yeah, Trillion, who is uh, the kind of I, I mean, she's pretty much the only. I mean, I don't. I don't know what Marvin, the the depressed robot's orientation is, but Trillian is primarily the only female character in the book. That's true. Um, but really, there's only like, you know, four or so characters uh, that yeah. really like stand out. The rest are like just the rest of the people in the book are are like just kind of odd. Right. <laughs> they're they're window dressing. More, yeah, they're window dressing. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I could go into like the specifics of the plot, but like it's a it's a comedic book. It's funny, you know. Mm-hmm. So like to some extent, it kind of ruins the experience to really talk about it if you've never enjoyed it. But you know, it's 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 ironic and funny and um, you know, really. Would you call British. it satirical or parodic? Uh, no, it has to. I mean, it's it's satirical without taking like a political viewpoint, right? This the satire is always like this is dumb. Yes, uh, absolutely. You know, like it's not a parody because it's not really necessarily like. You're right. It's it's not like here's this other thing that I'm mimicking and making it goofy. Um, right. It's taking the it's using the sci-fi genre as a tool for satire and kind of public commentary. Because like the things it it addresses like bureaucracy and uh celebrity and it it Mm -hmm. doesn't change those things they they exist as they do it just it puts crazy alien bullshit all over it and (laughs) and and lets it stand on its own as like simply funny because and that's how satire i think works best right yeah i think so bureaucracy is inherently ridiculous 
uh, <laughs> to some extent, even though it's, you know, also like the foundation of our society. But, um, you know, when executed the way that like the British did in the 70s and 80s, it's it's fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the same sort of thing that inspired the movie Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Very similar aesthetics and British. Right. That sort of dry. Mm hmm. Like yeah. every, everything is, uh, you know, funny and also the worst. And <laughs> like, like, yes, we can stand here and laugh at it, but like our tears are just behind the laughter, you know? Yes. Uh, you know, that's what makes like Marvin such a like, great character is he's a depressed <laughs> robot who like, because of course he's depressed because he actually understands what's going on around everyone. <laughs> Yes. And the rest of almost all the other characters, anyone who has like a positive outlook is only that way because either they are so arrogant that they don't understand what they're doing or they're so they're such an idiot that they, you know, don't really see the world for for what it is around them or they uh, don't care. Right. Yeah. Or they don't care. Yeah. But it's super it, it's still yeah, it holds. I was surprised how much it holds. I mean, I think I read it maybe 10 years ago was the last time I read it. And I read it as a kid. Uh, when my dad was like one of the books my dad put in my hand. I think. Yeah, me too. He was like he like read me the Hobbit. And then a few years later, put Hitchhiker's Guide in my hands. So, yeah, I got to go read it again. I mean, I, I know what you're saying about the later books in the series that they, uh, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't encapsulate themselves quite so well they were a little more mm -hmm. uh, a little less focused but they still yeah, like had the some... next two or three are re should really be like one novel maybe i could see that i i remember a moment that i really i think is from one of the later books that i really liked that is just like arthur dent has settled on some alien planet and become a sandwich maker mm -hmm. and he's found just a real peace and joy in being an expert sandwich maker and making an excellent sandwich. Yeah, because you know, like one of the primary themes of the book is that like that's sort of how you find happiness is to like just do something really well, you know, even if it mm. doesn't seem like it's terribly useful or um, important. If you can do it really well, that's enough to like, you know, take meaning from. Even mm -hmm. while, you know, worlds are being destroyed and everything, it's like, well, you made a really good sandwich, and that's not nothing. <laughs> that's actually kind of cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's that kind of, yeah. Like, if you take the meanness out of, like, Rick and Morty or something like that, there's a lot of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy behind it. Oh, for sure. Like, like, Dan Harmon really just kind of added the cynicism back in Hitchhiker's Guide <laughs> to the Galaxy and Rick and Morty. So that's my book. Guys, we reviewed all the books from the years we were born. We did it. We did it. Good job, team. We were proud of us. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what are we doing next time? Uh, next time we are doing female leads. Female leads. So, yeah, come for that. It's uh, Guys, guess what? It's, it's also the first episode of uh, 2022 is next time. Year. That's not that's not okay. I don't like the way you said that. <laughs> There's another one starting up. Who knew we had authorized yet another mm, year again? No. <laughs> uh, no. Oh. 
<laughs> All right. Well, as Peter handles his existential dread, I've been Dan Evanson. You can find my stuff at danielevanson.com. Uh, <laughs> uh, right now, hopefully, you're hearing. You're, I finally announced the writing contest for Project Juno, which is the world building event that has been going on in my blog for some time. Uh, if you're listening to this, I welcome you to come and participate at danielevanson.com slash J-U-N-O, Juno. Peter, are you, would you like to go next? Or do you need uh, to I'm Peter Schaefer. You can find me at paschaefer.com or shoelesspeakgames.com where I wrote a role-playing game. It's really fun. You should go play it. It's great. You should. Or Shoeless Pete on Twitter. Oh, God, time keeps passing. This Marvin the Robot impression is really great. I'm so glad you role-played for us. Uh, Katie, where can people find you? Uh, Usually at my house. Oh. Um, You want people to find you there? (laughs) No, please don't. Stay away. I'm very antisocial. But she has granola bars. I do have granola bars. Well, probably not anymore. Griff's probably eating them all. Um, you can she'll watch find... Bridgerton with you. Yes, I will. Okay, if you come over, I'll make lasagna and we can watch Bridgerton. Oh. I want lasagna. Listen, we'll be there <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Shimmy Book, where I tweet if I remember I have it. Um, you can check out my online bookstore, uh, griffinsroostbt.com. Uh, yep, I think that's all I got. All right, Nick, how about yourself? Uh, I am Nick. Uh, you can find uh, some of the other podcasts I do on TooManyThoughtsMedia.com. That is the best place to keep up with the uh, silly bullshit that keeps me occupied. He has yeah, you a great also... beard. <laughs> he does. And you can also find links to the Discord to join in the ongoing discussion there for Too Many Thoughts Media Discord. Uh, and, uh, don't forget, uh, Rachel, who joins us, Argent Rabe on Twitter. Uh, she's a, she's a fun follow. So when she's done rescuing us all from space pirates, you can find her exploits there on Twitter under Argent Rabe. Uh, thanks a lot. And, uh, I don't remember our sign off thing. Peter? Send us pictures of your bookshelves to too many thoughts media at gmail.com and Katie will jump for joy. And oh god, why is time? It can't be 2022. Until next time, Peter, shut up. Keep, keep reading. Keep reading. <laughs> Yay. Hey, <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> Did we do it? <laughs> <laughs>